Thanks for joining me as usual. We'll go through some of the key scores this week, some of the storylines and news. We'll talk under the radar player watch as we do every week on the pod. Going to give some betting picks at the end of the podcast. But first, I want to start with, as usual, the number one team in the country, the Gonzaga Bulldogs. They remain number one after a comfortable win over St. Mary's on Saturday, 73-59. So the Zags now 14-0. It was a pretty balanced game. I watched most of it. Corey Kispert with 17. Joel Ayayi with 16 points. And then both Jalen Suggs and Drew Timmy with 14 each. Also, nice performance from Aaron Cook off the bench. So if you don't know, Aaron Cook is the grad transfer from Southern Illinois. Spent the past four seasons at Southern Illinois. Only played, what, six games last year as a senior, then broke his hand and applied for a medical redshirt and then decided to bounce and go to Gonzaga. Hey, why not? If you can, you got a chance to play for a national championship. So I think the initial thinking was that he was going to be the veteran backup behind Jalen Suggs to give him a little bit of an insurance, thinking that Andrew Nemhart, who had transferred from Florida, was supposed to sit out a year. That was the, you know, he didn't have any waiver in that, but then obviously the NCAA did provide a waiver to everybody who was already enrolled in school, so Nemhart became eligible, and then Cook, you know, got a little bit demoted, but had a really nice performance on Saturday, liked his game. So prior to his injury last year, he had 15.5 points per game through the first six games for Southern Illinois, and then 10.4 points per game his junior year. Really nice player. So, uh, I mean, that's just the Zags, again, showing their depth. We talked about, you know, Ayayi, Timmy, all these guys, the NBA guys, but they also got guys off the bench that can come in and contribute and just so deep, so good. So Gonzaga continues to roll. I was also flicking back and forth between that game and the Buffalo Bills-Baltimore Ravens NFL game. Uh, it was a good game to watch. So, you know, growing up in Toronto, I was a diehard Buffalo Bills fan for many years, but I renounced my fandom. I got sick of them. I was just losing culture, bad drafting. You know, I watch a ton of college football. So just the players there drafting, going back to EJ Manuel as quarterback. I, I just, I got fed up with it. I got tired of the losing. I listened to a ton of WGR, which is AM 550, the Buffalo station. They're always talking Bills and NFL. And of course, I get all the ESPN feed and shows from them as well which is great but listening to those guys and they're, they're all excellent broadcasters but it just became so depressing every time the bills would lose and then you're driving around all week listening to it and it brings your mood down and i just was like i need to cut this out of my life and i became a happier person not being a bills fan but still happy to see them win comfortably over the baltimore ravens so that got a little bit of my attention but for the most part was watching the zags play so they started out really slow against St. Mary's. St. Mary's led for the majority of the first half. And then all of a sudden, you know, the Zags put it in a second gear. And they had a 20-3 to run to end the half. And then from that, you just knew they're going to come out in the second half and just run all over them. But Jalen Suggs picked up two quick fouls. And so he was on the bench for the better part of the first half. And that's why guys like Aaron Cook were coming in. And Nemhard, of course, and... Both of them played really well. 
And so uh, just the Zags depth on full display on Saturday. St. Mary's didn't really give them a go. So Gonzaga next up Saturday against Pacific. I think they should run over them comfortably. And then, you know, I, we've talked about this a couple weeks ago where I went through the entire schedule where I thought, okay, well, who can get them? I still believe that February 27th game against BYU, the last game of the season, could be dangerous. And then another game, I mean, just the way Santa Clara is playing right now. So that's coming up February 11th. Santa Clara, you know, beat St. Mary's as well. They're, they're beating some pretty good teams. They look to be vastly improved from, from recent years. And so, hey, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but... You know, on any given Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, whatever the hell, Santa Clara could beat them. They got, they got some decent guys. Now, you know, I've talked about St. Mary's looking slow and lethargic this year. And they roll out white guy with knee brace who's literally hobbling around the court trying to beat the thoroughbreds and world-class athletes on Gonzaga like Jalen Suggs and Corey Kispert and like these guys are they're NBA players and St. Mary's is rolling out white guy and knee brace to try and beat them looks like a rec league player now look if you don't know what I'm talking about this is number 11 on St. Mary's Mateus Toss he's a 6'11 junior from Estonia but he's got this big huge leg brace something that if you watch college football the NFL that an offensive lineman would wear you know the big guys they want that knee support and so he's out there literally lumbering and hobbling around trying to hang with Jalen Suggs like it, it was it was tough to watch it was kind of painful but um you know love Randy Bennett had the chance to speak with him a couple of years ago and uh really great guy enjoyed my chat with him but come on man you can't be rolling out white guy and knee brace to, to try and hang with Gonzaga the number one team in the country so the only other mid-major team still ranked in the AP top 25 this week St. Louis hanging in at number 25 they're 7-1, but they haven't played since December 23 against UMKC. Um, but they return this Saturday against St. Bonaventure, who is a damn good team. So the Bonnie's 6-1 right now, and they've been playing. So, you know, St. Louis sitting around here for three weeks, and, you know, the AP voter is very kind to them to allow them to, to stick around in that top 25. But... It's going to be a tough test. So, hey, if you do go out and beat St. Bon a damn good St. Bonaventure team, uh, after sitting around for three weeks, they certainly do deserve to be ranked, and we'll see. But um, I think that's going to be a tough one. Watch out for the Bonnies to maybe clip them. So one thing I am thankful for the AP Top 25 voters for, they finally dropped Duke out of the Top 25. Thank God. It's just it's not a good team. You know, it's like same thing with Kentucky. It's possible to have down years in college basketball. Duke's having one right now. That's not to say... They're not going to get it together come March. Same thing with Kentucky, but both don't look very good right now. Shouldn't be in the top 25. Let someone else have a go for once. So I mentioned at the end of the, the pod, I'm going to do my betting picks. Also talk under the radar player watch, but also wanted to give an update on my website. What a freaking nightmare I'm having. So mentioned last week in the pod, my website's been down for a week. The company who hosted it. Um, shut off their servers. They've, I guess they've just gone bankrupt. They don't exist. So I lost all my content, all 400 articles, every, every, everything. But I've been working to get it back up, paid a company, a news company to host it. I've been working to get it together. And now they're like, oh, yeah, um, you know, sent them the, my credit card info today. Yeah, uh, it's going to take seven days for that domain transfer to switch over. So I'm like, Jesus Christ. So up to seven days. We'll see. So bear with me. I'm working on it. I literally spent three or four hours this morning on the phone with these people, emailing, trying to get the website back up. So 
do not lose faith in undraftedfreeagent.com. It will be up in the next few days. So I wanted to chat about some of the games I did watch going back over the weekend. Friday night, we did our last pod Friday, which, of course, go back. Please give a listen to all of our previous pods, the downloads going through the roof. All the Americans, I can see it's, it's you know, 90%, well, it's 80-something percent Americans uh, downloading. That's great to see. Got people in Ireland, Hong Kong, Dominican Republic, of course, here in Canada. And uh, this is going fantastic, so thanks for supporting. So going back to Friday night, uh, what's the second half of the Louisiana Tech win, 77-67 over UT San Antonio? And it was one of the more boring college basketball games I've seen this year for sure. Uh, if not my life, God, it was just like paint drying. But either way, Louisiana Tech now 11-4, and and it's not pretty. But uh, Eric Conkle, their head coach, who I've spoken with before, getting W's, man. So they're up there, you know, leading the Conference USA along with Western Kentucky, who we'll speak about shortly. But Conference USA wide open, Louisiana Tech looking pretty good right now. So going back to the weekend, also UAB split with Charlotte, another good team. Uh, in Conference USA. So on Friday night, UAB won 61-37, blew out Charlotte, like, and then they come back again two days later and lose 70-55. So you want to talk about a swing in points? That's got to be up there for like an all-timer. Well, Charlotte goes from putting up 37 and then the next game putting up 70 and winning. So, man, that's that's what's going on with these back-to-backs. Talked about it a couple weeks ago. It is so tough. I don't think these kids are used to that you know in high school and and their AAU how often do you play the same team twice in a row very rarely so um i think it's a new challenge for them maintaining the same kind of energy not getting frustrated uh you know dealing with matchups and coaches got to adjust too and cuz you just showed every the team you got every play you got the night before you got to have a bag of tricks for something new the next night so back to back games been very challenging you see that right there for UAB but UAB still 10-2, looking good in Conference USA. Charlotte, 6-6. Six six. One of my favorite teams in the country, Western Kentucky. They won back-to-back over Marshall this weekend. Friday, they won 81-73. And then came back Sunday, I think it was 69-67. But my guy, Charles Bassey, we've spoke about a ton here on the Mid-Major Podcast. Charles Bassey, the big six foot eleven center for Western Kentucky. So on Friday, he had 21 points, 19 rebounds, 5 blocks. And then he comes back again in the next game against Marshall on Sunday, 24 points, 9 rebounds. So what that is, is that's an NBA player playing against college kids. Charles Bassey, if you haven't seen him, he's must-watch. One of the best players in college basketball. I think he's in, should be in the conversation for, you know, several player of the year awards. I I still think Jalen Suggs is going to get it. And then you probably got to think Luca Garza with Iowa up there, but Bassey definitely in the conversation. I think maybe obviously they play different positions, but I think he's this year's Obi Toppin where Obi, you know, coming out of Dayton out of nowhere and then goes lottery pick uh, to the NBA. So watch out for Bassey. I think, you know, right now I think he's a late first round pick, but the more and more he becomes known, the more and more he puts up 21 points and 19 rebounds in a game, uh, the higher he's continuing to climb on NBA draft boards. So also going back to Friday, Winthrop now 13-0. They beat Longwood 70-50. to And Winthrop literally has a pretty good opportunity to go undefeated this season. Talked about it a couple weeks ago here. Went through their schedule. They're looking good right now. I can't see anyone beating them just on the schedule they have until they get to the conference tournament. So watch out for Winthrop, man. They're doing things. 
Speaking of teams doing things, Bowling Green now 10 and 3 in the MAC. They beat Buffalo on Friday. And so the cream of the crop in the MAC right now, it's looking like Toledo, who's 11 and 4, and then Bowling Green 10 and 3. And then also Ball State, who got up. They were pretty cold to start the season. They've won two in a row. They're 6 and 5 overall, but they're 4 and 2 in the MAC. And watch out for them. They're sitting in third right now in the MAC, looking pretty good. Misses overall. They split it to Mac East and Mac West. But um, that's the three teams to watch out for. Now the Mac completely wide open. Everyone very good. So I could change in two weeks. You know, we could have a completely different swing. But watch out for Bowling Green right now. Siena improves to 6-0 on Friday. Well, they had back-to-back -back wins this weekend over Ryder. 78-69 on Friday. And then 74-72 the next day. Siena looks to be the cream of the crop in the Metro Atlantic. 6-0 mentioned looking damn good. So on Saturday... Utah State, speaking of looking damn good, this is a team that's come out of nowhere. Utah State has now won 10 games in a row. They won back-to-back -back this weekend over San Diego State. And they're now 11-3 overall. It's a damn good team. But uh, coming up next, over the next couple of days, they have a back-to-back -back with Colorado State, another really good team in the Mountain West. Obviously, Boise State leading the Mountain West. A lot of high major talent in that conference. Uh, I, you know... Definitely in the conversation for, aside from the West Coast Conference, the best mid-major conference in college basketball right now. So also on Saturday, Georgia State beat Coastal Carolina 71-68. Georgia State under Rob Lanier, now 8-2. It's a damn good team. Coastal Carolina cooling off a little bit. They were red hot to start the season. But the Sun Belt is such a wide-open conference this year. So nine of the 12 teams above 500, really good teams. Only three of them, you know, not that good of a team right now. But they are good, man, top to bottom. So whoever you think is going to win the Sun Belt this week, it's not going to happen. That's one of those things where I, I you know, I believe that Sun Belt tournament, look out for the 6, 7, 8 seed, whatever, whatever gets to their conference tournament this year. Whoever the lower seeds are, they're going to have a legit chance to win. It's just kind of playing out that way. So keep an eye on that. I think we could have a, a bit of an upset in the Sun Belt. So also over the weekend on Saturday, Mercer beat Western Carolina 78-76. A close one. Mercer back to 8-4. Started off hot, cooled out a little bit, and now looking pretty good right now down in the SoCon. Also on the weekend, Akron beat Toledo in overtime 96-94. Behind my guy, Loren Christian Jackson, 34.7 assists. That's a guy that I talked about on the Under the Radar Player Watch couple episodes ago on the podcast, little guy, 5'8 kid, buzzes around. Well, I shouldn't say kid. He's 22, almost 23 years old. I see. I think he is 23 years old right now. He, he's just an excellent player, could score, get everyone involved, and he's a tough customer for a 5'8 guy. Uh, Montana State, one of the sneaky good teams you need to start putting on your radar. They're out of the big sky. They're now 7-3. and three. They beat Portland State. On the weekend, 69-64. They're 4-0 in conference, first place in the Big Sky, and a good team. You know, started off a little cold and progressively getting better. That could be a team you could see come dancing in March out of the Big Sky. So Georgia Southern beat Troy on the weekend, 63-56, behind 17 points from Zach Bryant. Another guy I talked about from the under-the-radar player watch. Kid is an absolute beast. Yeah, just one of the best point guards in college basketball, 6'2", kid, UAB transfer, uh, he got kicked off the team, but um, making a redemption down at uh, Georgia Southern, and the dude can ball. 
So one of the best teams you don't know about in college basketball, Eastern Kentucky is now 12-2. They beat Eastern Illinois over the weekend, 93-85. And they're in second place in the Ohio Valley behind Belmont, who's looking damn good. But uh, watch out for Eastern Kentucky, man. Sneaky good this year. And that could be a team that, you know, once it gets to the conference tournament in OVC, um, could be in a place to upset Belmont. So also on Saturday, I watched most of the Baylor versus Texas Tech game. Obviously, Baylor the number two team in the country, and they look every bit of it. They're they're damn good. That Jesus man, that if Baylor and I, we got robbed when Baylor and Gonzaga didn't get to play each other, but Baylor looks really good. Texas Tech still that's a team that's going to be in the mix as well. Chris Beard keeps losing guys to the NBA, but keeps rolling in. You know, new talent, Mac McClung. The Georgetown transfer looking really good. Seeing him over the past couple weeks. So that was a good game. Uh, on Sunday, woke up, went for a nice 5K run. I don't care that it's cold out. You know, for years, I would never run. I don't know what the, you guys do the temperature differently down in the U.S., but when it was like kind of anything below seven or eight outside, I wouldn't go run just because my body, I'm getting old. It would hurt my body. But now, because of everything being closed, lockdowns, blah, blah, blah. I go, my son and I go jogging in minus 14. Don't care. So I had a nice little 5K run to start off Sunday. And uh, also going to go out today after today. It's a frigid day here in the Toronto area. Snowing outside. But my son and I are going to go out and play some soccer after. I mentioned a couple podcasts ago. He is in his senior year of high school. He's being recruited by a number of universities. He's got an offer from a school here in the U.S. The border closure has really put a damper on his recruiting, which sucks because we had a number of camps we were scheduled to go to uh, throughout the past year, probably about four or five different camps um, from universities that are interested in him. And one of them in Pennsylvania, I won't name, was very interested, coach constantly contacting, but because we haven't been able to get over the border in a year, we've just lost track of him. But he got a new phone call on Monday from a school in Michigan. I won't say which one, but... uh, He's super excited, so the recruiting still open for junior, and uh, I wish him well. So, um, yeah, that's that. Going to go kick the ball around after today's pod. So on Sunday, I watched a good chunk of the Vermont versus Maine game. It was a boring game when I was watching it. Vermont, Vermont was up by 30 points. They ended up winning 88-60 behind 23 points from Justin Missoula. So Vermont looking pretty good. Uh, Maine not looking so good. I switched over when that game was boring me. I switched over to Holy Cross versus Colgate, uh, which ended up being a pretty interesting game. Enjoyed it. Colgate won 96-87. And also at the same time I was watching that, I had a split screen going with the UMBC versus Hartford game. UMBC won 57-49, but it was a lot closer than that. That was one of those ones where it was kind of a three or four point game. And then Hartford trying to play the foul game with, you know, 30 seconds left. But um, one of the more entertaining college basketball games I've seen this year. Excellent game. UMBC got some players. Hartford got some guys. So uh, UMBC now 10-3 in the American East. But Hartford, I think after that, I correct me, I could be wrong. I think they're 9-5 now. I think they were 9-4 going in. But that's a damn good team as well. Hartford uh, Hartford going to be in the mix. And then after Sunday afternoon, this is while I was at work watching these games, doing my traffic reporting. I switched over to the NFL. There's not a lot of football left on TV. So I really kind of wanted to to soak in uh, the Browns game. And, uh, you know, it, yeah, it was. I just I really enjoyed the football and obviously watched Tom Brady versus uh, Drew Brees on Sunday. Classic game. That was one of the better NFL games I've seen in a few weeks. So just wanted to soak in some football and uh, was a little hooped out because we're going to have a Plenty more hoops to come between now and March. 
But also on Sunday, I did watch a little bit of the Nevada versus Fresno game. So Nevada now 10-5. and five. They beat Fresno. I think that was one of my betting picks over the week, which I did lose. But we'll get to that shortly. But um, Grant Sherfield, guy I've talked about quite a bit on this podcast, 27 points, 8 assists for Nevada. Nevada. This is uh, People give me crap for saying Gonzaga. I also say Nevada. I don't say Nevada. I don't hear the Nevada people giving me grief. But anyways, also, so now that, you know, we're – what more than halfway through the damn season, getting closer to March, we've still got a number of winless teams in college basketball, specifically the mid majors. Um, I think there's, I don't think there's any major conference team that is winless, but the Washington Huskies are terrible this year. Uh, I think one and eleven, one and twelve, but man, they're bad. But anyways, mid major teams. Idaho still zero and eleven in the Big Sky. What's up, South Carolina State? 0-13 in the MEAC. That's terrible. 0-13. Got to get it together. Now, these, these teams got to pass because the Patriot League didn't start playing until January 3rd or 4th. So they haven't been playing. So American University still 0-2. Loyola Maryland still 0-2 in the Patriot League. But the worst team, despite South Carolina State being 0-13, the worst team in college basketball that I've seen is Mississippi Valley State. 0-12 and... They lost last night 102-61 to Southern, so they're not even competitive. Not only are they getting hammered, they're not competitive, and there's no fight in them. So that's kind of, you know, I, I just hate to see that now. I think still still not like Chicago State, who just decided to quit. So I'll give Mississippi Valley State a little bit more credit because those boys still out there fighting, still out there playing. Love to see a little bit more effort out of them because – you know, 40-something point losses, that ain't going to get it done. But um, still still a step ahead of Chicago State, who just flat-out quit this year and decided to, quote-unquote, opt out. Also watched last night a little bit of the UNC Greensboro uh, beating Citadel 82-73. It was a painfully boring game, and Citadel has now lost three in a row, down to 8-3. and three. So, wanted to go to our Under the Radar Player Watch segment this week. Always very popular when I tweet it out on my Twitter, at Mr. McKee. Of course, drop me a follow, as well as the Undrafted Free Agent Socials, while we get our website back up this week. And also hit me on YouTube, Chris McKee. But Under the Radar Player Watch this week from Valparaiso, Ben Cricky. So, Ben averaging 11.6 points per game so far this year, 4.1 rebounds. He's a 6'9 sophomore. From Edmonton, Alberta, really nice player. I got to see Ben up close a little bit at BioSeal All-Canadian Week uh, up here in Toronto, which is, for the Americans that don't know, that's the Canadian version of the McDonald's All-American game. So Ben, really nice player, has been a part of the Canadian uh, you know, FIBA system, the, the international team on the youth level. Excellent player. I spoke to Valpo assistant Luke Gore during the well, early part of the season. He was telling me that NBA scouts have been out to take a look at Ben, and you know, obviously a sophomore, and a couple more years left, but uh, definitely trending upwards. Keep an eye on him if you get a chance to see Valpo. Another guy really like you got to take notice of from my under the radar player watch, Sam Kello Sale, plays for Southern. So his, his last name is spelled C E L E, but uh, he's from South Africa. So I was watching some videos of him, he's trying to teach one of his. his uh, Teammates how to say his last name, and it looks like Sam Kello Sele, so I'm going to go with that, or Chele, um, depending on where you're from. But he leads the NCAA in three-point percentage right now. He's 10 of 15 from behind the arc for 64%. So dude's, uh, dude's draining from range, 
I would love to see head coach Sean Woods uh, let him shoot some more. Dude's hitting from almost 65% from behind the arc. Let him shoot it more, Sean. I actually spoke to Sean Woods a couple years ago when he was the head coach at Moorhead. And for those that don't know, Sean Woods, a Kentucky legend, he was on the court when the shot happened for you know Duke uh, beating Kentucky, the Christian Leitner shot. Sean Woods was on the floor for Kentucky. He hit the jumper to put Kentucky ahead before the improbable inbound from Grant Hill and then Christian Leitner with the turnaround jump shot, which is, I, I would say, probably the greatest greatest thing I've ever watched live in college basketball. As far as buzzer beaters, I remember it clearly. And, of course, the great Vern Lundquist on the call. And speaking of great moments, I actually had the chance to sit and have a drink with Vern Lundquist at the 2017 uh, NCAA tournament. I was down there covering it. I was in Buffalo, just drove over the border. And... Uh, I was staying in the same hotel as Vern, saw him in the hotel bar at night, sent over a drink, asked the bartender what he was drinking. He was drinking scotch. I was like, it's not like one of those $80 glass scotch. He was like, no, it's about 16 bucks, whatever. I was like, okay, salt, sent him one over. And he was with the lovely Allie LaForce, of course, from CBS now. Allie's with TNT now, does the NBA. But she came over and said, hey, why don't you come join us? Vern wants to say thank you. Allie couldn't have been more friendly, lovely. She was amazing. Bumped into her a few times uh, throughout the weekend covering the tournament as well and sat about four seats down from Vern on press row while he was calling games. But um, yeah, man, dude was a legend. You know, some people, and trust me, I worked in the music business for twenty over 20 years and not every celebrity you meet uh, turns out to be as, as nice as you would think uh, and some end up being horrible people. But Vern Lundquist couldn't have been better uh, a nicer person than I imagined. And same thing with Ali LaForest. Immense respect for the two of them. But um, yeah, so I wanted to get into, well, we just went through the player, the under the radar player watch, but wanted to wrap up with my betting picks this week. So 0-2 last week. Um, who was it? Stetson I lost on and then Nevada Fresno. But um, prior to that, 5 of 6. So hey, when you're that hot, you're going to cool off a little bit. But these are some of the games I like. And I mentioned I'll throw in the odd major conference game. I this is These are all for tomorrow, which is Wednesday because I'm filming this on a Tuesday afternoon. But Texas A&M, minus one over Vanderbilt. Love A&M, man. A good team led by my guy Emmanuel Miller, another kid from the Toronto area. I know Emmanuel a little bit. Got to interview him and cover him a little bit when he was doing the BioSteel All-Canadian, which I just mentioned, the McDonald's All-American game. He's averaging 16 points a game right now for the Aggies. And the Aggies, number 55 in the country in points allowed, 64.7 points per game. Tough defense. Uh, pretty good. I just think they have better talent. You know, basically, I mean, that's a pick em. And I'll, I'll take Texas A&M any day over Vanderbilt. So my second pick of the day is for, this is for tomorrow, Wednesday, Stephen F. Austin minus 13 over Northwestern State. I mean, Stephen F. Austin was on pause for a couple weeks, just revving up the engine, but the Lumberjacks, number 30 in the country in points four with 81.7 points per game and Northwestern State, number 336 in the country in points allowed. And so you want to go with analytics, go with numbers. There's a good stat right there for you. I think the Jacks roll comfortably over Northwestern State, the line 13 right now. So try and get it before it gets a little bit more. And then another game that I do like as well for tomorrow night, Abilene Christian minus 2.5 versus Sam Houston State. Both, you know, two of the best teams in the Southland. Give them the Southland some love here with my betting picks. But Abilene Christian, number four in the country in points allowed. 
So top five in the NCAA. They play tough D. I watched them a couple weeks ago. They're two losses right now. What are they, 11-2, 12-2? Um, they're two losses to Arkansas, which is a, you know, that's an NCAA tournament team. And then also Texas Tech, which is a, you know, it's a Sweet 16 team at least. And they played them right down to the last 30, 40 seconds. So Abilene Christian, damn good team. Now Sam Houston State, also a good team. Uh, I think were they ten and five or ten and four, ten and five right now? You know, two of the top three teams in the Southland, but Abilene Christian also not only number four in defense, number four in steals. So they're gonna, they're just it's it's suffocating, and uh, I think it's gonna end up being maybe about a six or seven point win for Abilene Christian. So thanks for joining me on today's podcast. Wasn't up to do one of my coach interviews. I'm sitting on some audio from another five or six coaches and post that in the next couple, but. Uh, just wanted to burn through this quick. The, the website headaches I've been dealing through exhausting me. And so I just wanted to bang through a quick pod today. Remember, be patient. I will get that website up within the next week or so. I'm working diligently on it. Uh, but for now, I'm going to go out and brave this cold, get a little sweat in. And then if you're in the Toronto area, you can hear me on the radio tonight doing traffic on TSN 1050, News Talk 1010, and Flow 93.5. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to click subscribe. The beating of my heart.